Kyrie Thompson, Patriots writer for WEEI.com. He joins us after being at training camp all day. Kyrie, how's it going? And my first question for you, because I've talked to some of your brethren, your beat brethren, and they are super high on Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, so I'm wondering what you've seen from the back so far. I know there's no pads on yet, but what are you seeing as early indications uh, about Ramondre's play? Well, thanks a lot for having me. And I'll say Ramondre Stevenson, I've you know, said this before, that I think that he's got the perfect feet and you know, perfect vision and, and all this stuff to run some of these zone concepts that they're working right now. I won't say who I've been comparing him to because I know you don't like that. Okay, but uh, no, I mean, no, I, I like it. No, no, Kyrie, Kyrie, stop. Who are you comparing him to? Go ahead. I haven't, I haven't heard this yet. Go ahead. So, so, so I, I have called him affectionately since he was drafted, Baby Beast after after Beast Mode Marshawn Lynch. Wow, you did like it! You did it, Kyrie. Of, I, like I knew you were going to take this step. Yep, I did it. I knew. I did it. You no, know what? Because you mentioned it. The other day, and I said, you're throwing Marshawn Lynch out there, and you said, I'm not making a comparison, and now you are making a comparison. I knew you would graduate to this. You Look, look, you you egged me on. Okay, Mutt, this is your fault. Okay, but look, okay, in all seriousness, this guy um, has showed off improved hands from what I could see from from last year. He looks more comfortable catching the ball than, say, like Damian Harris does, though I think they've both been catching a lot of passes and, and doing it well. And I think the other guy to keep in mind here is Ty Montgomery, who was kind of an underlooked veteran free agent pickup here. He's probably going to be one of your top third down backs now that James White is, you know, might not play this season, honestly, with the kind of the reports that we've heard. And Montgomery worked a little bit with the wide receivers during drills today, but when it came down to seven-on-sevens and team drills, he was working with the running backs, and you, you could see some of his cutback ability and his – you know, speed and elusiveness, you know, a little bit in, in uh, you know, some of those drills. So I think that Ramondre Stevenson could very well end up being the best back on this team by the end of the season, if you're, if you're asking me to put that out there. Yeah, and he's, he's getting all this buzz in the fantasy football world and the draft world. Everyone loving Stevenson could be the first team guy. I want to go back to in the offseason, Kyrie, just for a second, with a report that came out about the, the Patriots looking at Leonard Fournette and potentially trading Damian Harris. Did you view that whole episode as a sign they really liked Ramondre Stevenson is this play so far in camp is that just adding to maybe some of the offseason smoke that hey they were okay with potentially letting go of Harris and going on to someone like Lenny Fournette well I think that that's going to be the the key to all of this because I mean the trend in the NFL nowadays is you don't pay running backs big money and the Patriots have invested tons of capital in the running back position over the years and this is one of the reasons why right you can keep on churning out you know, good talent in, in the draft at, at running back, then you don't have to keep on paying them. And so I would say unless Damian Harris is going to take a very, very, very team-friendly deal, he's probably not going to be here next year, and it's going to be the Ramondre Stevenson show in earnest. And then it's just a matter of, okay, is Ramondre Stevenson a special enough running back to keep around long term? I do think that he has a little bit more skill set in, in, in the passing game right now than Damian Harris does. And obviously, he's very strong. He can run between the tackles, and he's got great elusiveness in the open field. He has the makings of a true third down back in the NFL. I said immediately when they drafted him last year, because there was all this talk about, oh, he'll get that, that uh, your running back red shirt. I, I took one look at him, and I said, I don't think so. I don't know about that. This guy can play. And, of course, he had the fumble in game one, but after he got his opportunity after that, 
he didn't let it go. And I don't think he's going to let this one go once he gets a chance to play on a much you know, bigger basis. Kyrie, a year ago, Patriots invested a lot of money and a lot of time in Jonu Smith and really got nothing to show for it. Uh, I was one of the great proponents that he was going to be a breakout player for this offense. It never came to fruition. Now we're three days into shorts and T-shirts action, and he looks good. He looks athletic. He's catching the ball. Should I believe for any reason that year two in New England can be the year that people were expecting in year one for Jonu Smith? I guess it depends on what you're expecting of John New Smith. If you're expecting him to, to be a seven, 800 yard tight end, then I don't know if you're going to see that. But what you could see is a guy that helps unlock the offense. Because in the end, this is going to be a very spread it around sort of team. I mean, maybe you get a 1,000 yard guy potentially. Uh, but I mean, last year, it was, it was very much a we're going to distribute the ball fairly evenly to a lot of different guys. And I think you're going to see that again. But with Smith, the, the thing is the situational use of him and what he's able to do when you get the ball in his hands in space, I think is the big deal. And we've been seeing because the thing to keep in mind is they've been working exclusively red zone stuff over these first three days of camp. So Jonu Smith has gotten a chance to show off some of those red zone props. And I feel like the big thing is the chemistry with Mac Jones is clearly clearly better than it was last year they've been repping things like you know running horizontally along the back line of the end zone and and you know they will intentionally throw it behind a receiver you know, so that you know that it's a back shoulder adjustment and john smith pulled off one of those today where it, it looked textbook where mac jones knew exactly where he wanted to throw the ball to smith and smith knew exactly what mac jones was about to do i mean they made it look easy and then of course there was the throw that he dropped that mac jones dropped in over kyle duggar where Smith climbed the ladder for it and got the feet down. That's what you need John U. Smith for. It's not about him becoming the next Rob Gronkowski. It's about him, you know, hurting matchups, right? Getting the ball in space, racking up yards after the catch, and then being that kind of monster in the red zone that you expected him to be last year. I think he's got potential for that. We're talking to Kyrie Thompson, uh, Patriots writer for WEEI.com on the Harbor One hotline. Uh, so Kyrie, your buddy Andy Hart in here, he told us that you sent him a text message about some stats that you compiled related to play calling and whatever might represent an offensive coordinator on this team. So can you give us a little insight into what you've gleaned down there statistically? Yeah, so this is something I did. I teased this on the show a little bit, but as a refresher, I essentially I looked at over the past five years, what do offenses look like? when they change offensive coordinators, like what in terms of you know, yards per play, points per game, things like that. And essentially what I found is that teams that changed offensive coordinators in general, they saw kind of a, on average, right, a slight increase in all the categories I measured, yards, yards per game, points per game, and like estimated points added per play, which is essentially just like how likely are you to gain yards and score? So there was a there was a little small net increase, but I don't think it would be like statistically significant, like for all you stats buffs out there. And the thing is, the the trend was the same for first year play callers, guys who, from what I could see, had not called offensive plays before. Now, of course, that doesn't cover the guys that have never called <laughs> offensive plays before, that you know had never been offensive coaches like in, yep. in a major way before, right? It doesn't cover that because that doesn't happen very often. But the point of, of what I, I was looking at, at least the way that I read it is, 
it's not so much about who calls the plays. I mean, honestly, obviously, like, if you are just terrible and you have no feel for the game and you hurt your offense, that's one thing. But a lot of these teams that had significant decreases in their output or significant increases in their output, it kind of coincided with having really, really talented players or really, really bad rosters. So I think that the play calling thing is probably going to be something when we look, when we look back at it and it wasn't really as big a deal as we all thought it was. It's going to be more about can they execute the play calls that are being made. Well, to that point, look, Kyrie, we're, we're focusing on the offense, but Andy, to his credit for the break, you know, brought up the other side of the ball, and that's the, the rebuild defense. And I'm curious, you know, what has stood out to you defensively because they're trying new cornerbacks, they're trying new linebackers, they couldn't get off the field in the second half last year. What's been your assessment? Again, no helmets, no pads, walking around, flag football to an extent of the Patriots' defense early in camp? Well, I think that if you want me to boil down to it, it's been competitive, it's been scrappy. I mean, and that's not necessarily what you want to hear. That you know, Cornerbacks, you want to hear like stars, like, oh my gosh, they made an amazing play. I mean, look, there are points during these practices where Mac Jones and the receivers are carving them up, and they're getting whatever they want in like these seven-on-seven drills and in some of these team drills. Like, they, they're literally getting anything that they want. And then there are times where the defense really starts to tighten it up. And there, there was that segment yesterday at the end of the very last team drill where it was like 11 straight plays with an incompletion. And, I mean, some of it was, you know, kind of shoddy execution by the offense, but there were like four, five, six plays where it was just really, really good pass coverage by those defensive backs. You know, Marcus Jones getting in Kendrick Bourne's hip pocket. Jack Jones getting into Devontae Parker, right? And, and Jalen Mills breaking up a slant route to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, they, they, are, they are in there. I'm not seeing a whole lot of, like, horrible, broken plays where you're just like, what is that guy thinking, you know, just like letting this guy run completely loose? They, they, I mean, they look well coached. Sometimes they're just getting beat. It is what it is. But I would say that the, the way that they've been playing so far in these red zone drills, and again, this is to, to highlight, we have not seen the offensive defense work between the 20s. And that's when we're going to see a little bit more of the offense open up and all that. But I would say they're not going to, you know, necessarily, at least based on what I'm seeing, be a complete pushover. But we'll see how that looks when the pads come on, of course. Sticking with the cornerbacks to close it out here, uh, Terrence Mitchell working with the ones, Marcus Jones working with the ones, Malcolm Butler mostly with the, the quote-unquote twos. Are you starting to ascertain sort of any hierarchy, or is it way too early, you think, for us to read into these uh, reps? Well, I think you know how I feel about it. It's kind of the same way that you feel, which is that this has only been a couple of days of this. And I think that if you're, if you're going to look at one person who is you know, fairly stable in this arrangement, it's probably Jalen Mills, who mm-hmm. he's gotten picked on and beaten by Devontae Parker a little bit. But I would say that he's also been pretty steady in, again, being around the football and making some good plays on the ball as well. And, you know, I talked to him about that after, after practice today. And, I mean, he's just, you know, trying to find consistency and, and keep on building on what was a little bit of a surprising year where I think a lot of us thought he would play worse in, uh, it, you know, as an outside corner, and, and he really didn't. He, he, was, he was definitely, you know, adequate in kind of what they needed uh, for what they asked of him. I think that, you know, Terrence Mitchell, seeing him play well, I think that if he, if he were to continue to play well, then he, he might end up being your starter. You know, Malcolm Butler's got an argument for that as well. But I'm not giving up on Jack Jones just yet. I like his attitude. I like the way that he plays. He's always got his arm in the ball. And, and I've noticed that 
uh, in drills, he, more than any other of those cornerbacks, is looking to make a play on the football. He's yanking his head around trying to get a pick every time he gets a chance. So I don't know. I think that if he can, if he can be sticky enough and, and you know, show also that he can do some stuff and run support when the pads come on, I'm not ruling him out getting starter you know, level, level snaps by the time we're, you know, the season starts or mid-season. All right. Well, the pads come on soon. That's Kyrie Thompson from WEEI.com, Patriots writer. Kyrie, thanks for joining us, and be sure to follow all his work as training camp goes on. 